0: Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast, the number one show to bring you all things Club America in English. Your hosts for today, Ivan Pineda, Christian Rosendo, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Let's start the show.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. Today we're going to be talking everything that happened in the Clásico Nacional and then of course we're going to be previewing the upcoming Clásico Joven because of course like we all know I'm gonna guys, three Clásicos back to back. Alrighty, uh, today joining me as always is Brooklyn's very own Mr. AJ. AJ, how are we?
2: I'm doing good, thank you Ivan. How about you?
1: Well, I'm doing fine. It's Tuesday, Taco Tuesday, although I had a Hermit Hamburger today, so didn't really stick to the whole taco thing. But uh, thank you for asking. Doing well. Uh, Sadly, of course, uh, Christian is unable to join us today. He uh, is stuck in traffic, still trying to find Bad Bunny over in New York. (laughs) Don't really know if he's going to be able to find him, but uh, shout out to Christian if he does. And then, of course, like you guys saw, our beloved Cowboy Dan, unfortunately, had to leave for just a little bit. He's going to be joining us in just a moment and uh, and yeah, so that's pretty much gonna be it. And of course, we're joined by the Cruz Azul people over on the Machina, uh, the Machina Cruz Azul, or you can find them on Twitter at the Machina ENG. Um, I believe that is their Twitter handle. And uh, they're going to be joining us a little bit later on in the podcast. We're going to be talking all things in regards to the Classico Joven. But AJ, let's talk a little bit about the Classico Nacional and everything that happened. We were coming into this game. We were a little bit skeptical of what America we were going to get. And as always, it seems to be like I'm a broken record whenever we talk about these games because it's the truth. We really don't know what America side we're going to get. But coming into this game, I wasn't really feeling as nervous as a lot of people were on Twitter. And then once the ball actually started kicking my heart was almost out of my my chest so uh it it was an interesting game i don't know how you felt it how you lived it what are your thoughts about the game of course america ends up walking away with a one nil victory i'll talk a little bit more about what i think about the end result but tell me a little bit about what your opinions are in regards to the game
2: so like this game overall i mean I actually wasn't as scared as I thought. Like, with all, of us like getting a bit nervous coming into this um, Clásico Nacional. It seemed like in the very fr- in the very first couple of minutes, it seemed like América were the ones that were really being dominant with the ball. They were getting a couple shots um, at um, uh, the Chivas goalkeeper. We were trying to create some. We were creating some plays going on. We were getting a lot of the opportunities, but it seemed that we weren't able to really like get many goals as we did as we look at the end result which was 1-0 so I felt like for the most part, America were dominant even though like um, for Chivas it seemed like Conejo um, Ri was the one that was actually dealing like most of the problems with the school. we see him was the one that was cutting into the box and getting shots left and right which Ochoa thankfully was cre- making amazing saves throughout the entire game which is one of half and second up it seemed like I we were trying to get more than just one goal because it seems like they were not satisfied at all but then saying that we weren't really able to get anything going with um with our shots in the second half. Seems like it was a back and forth battle between América and Chivas. I felt like towards the towards the um uh, second half, I felt like Chivas were the ones being slightly more dominant towards the end. But all in all, a 1-0 win, three points, and overall, I'd say I'm I'm content with this one. But I felt like we definitely could have been scoring more goals against them.
1: Yeah, it was kind of one of those games where you're you're content about the result. You're happy, of course, that you beat your eternal rivals. But then at the end of the day, you kind of look back, take a step and say, OK, where do we go right? Where where did things go wrong? And at the end of the day, should we be as pleased as we are with this result? And I think the bottom answer should be yes, because I think we've kind of been in a rut lately. We just come off a draw against Toluca, which we should have definitely have won that game. Should have been sharper on the night. And I think it speaks volumes to America coming into this Clásico Nacional, beating your rivals and holding on to a clean sheet. And I think defensively, you looked a little bit more solid than you had maybe a couple games prior. So I think there's a lot of positives to take away from this. But granted, there are some negative connotations that will be attached to this game, not just so necessarily of what happened afterwards on the on the pitch, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but. You know, what was dealt with in the, the 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 90 minutes of the match. I think there was plenty of stuff that America still needs to work on and we'll have to wait and see. But our beloved Cowboy is back with us. And it's only fair for me to reiterate the question to you, Dylan. And is how did you come away with this victory of America over Chivas? And how did you see the team overall?
0: Um, overall... I feel like it's kind of gone back to in the sense to where how we kind of saw this team a little bit where, you know, you're kind of a little bit on a high note. Then all of a sudden, you know, you go down and the team's not playing like it did the last week. Um, but, um, you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy with the win. You know, I'm content. It's three points at the end of the day. But, you know, there, like you said, too, there's some negatives to take away from this game. You know, I. You know, whenever you're looking at the game as a whole, and, you know, obviously, like how you said, what happened after two a little bit. Um, But, you know, we're here to break it down, obviously, a little bit. But um, yeah, I I feel pretty content after this. A great start to the three classicals that we that we have back to back to back.
1: Yeah, no. And, and like you mentioned, I think it's a pretty good start uh, to what we know is going to be, you know, a, a really tough calendar period for America, not just these classicos coming up. But then, of course, you know, you have away León and then, of course, the you know game against Tigres after that. Well, you have Atlas in between that, but still a pretty, pretty heavy schedule coming up for America. So a good start af- uh, overall in regards to this. I think the one thing I'm taking away from this matchup is uh, is America was finally able to manage a lead. And I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, it, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't perfect. And I think you mentioned A.J. Ochoa had to make some very good saves. He had a, was very critical to this victory. Um, but I, also to to credit that, I think some of the defense that was being put out there, I think was really good. I think, you know, your your boy, Paolo Maldini, the Mexican Paolo Maldini, I think he came in in the second half, which was a little bit odd. We weren't expecting that. But I I think, you know. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the whole injury stuff, but, uh, you know, he came in for Aguilera who had a little bit of a knock. They didn't want to risk it. He didn't want to risk it. Um, and, and so at the end of the day, he comes in and I think he, he actually, he steps up to the uh, to the plate and I think he does some pretty good stuff. I think, you know, Gaceres had another good game. Wasn't as well-rounded as we'd expect it to be, but at the end of the day, It's a clean sheet. It's a clean sheet for him as well. Fuentes was the only weak link, I think, in that defense. Um, I won't talk about George because he was completely making me lose my mind in some of the passes that he was doing. But defensively, I will say this though: defensively, the issue I had with George was not really what he was doing defensively, because I think he made some great sliding tackles. He did a very good job in 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 keeping uh, Antuna on check. But it was when it was transitioning going forward. He made uh, some ridiculous sloppy passing. He some of his clearances were just straight to Chivas players, um, you know. I, and I was really being re- uh, a real stickler in regards to that sense because I think George needs to step up his game in in, in that regards. But ultimately, it, it was a good game, like you mentioned, uh, Dylan. And, and it, it's it's a good three points to kind of set the team up for what's to come in, in the calendar. Um, but. AJ, talk to me a little bit more about this first half. I mean, you got to give credit to America because they didn't sit back. They actually took the game to Chivas. And if I'm not mistaken, before that Geo goal, I mean, Bernadette could have had one. I, we had a couple of different plays, some, some very good, uh, interesting passing going on in the midfield. That I, I think we really took the game to Chivas. And I, I was really surprised at the way that this team was playing.
2: No, it was just like really it was just really great where it seemed like, you know, from the get go, it's like America's like first thing, man, it's like, all right, we're going to get that early goal. As I mentioned before, if America are going to try to win this game, I feel like getting an early goal is going to give us the advantage because overall like our our morale, just like our overall like feeling towards into this game, would just would just go up. So getting us that goal would be very important. And Mega's like, all right, we got that first goal. Now let's keep going. Let's keep attacking, attacking, attacking. Which is what I like. nicolas Benedetti, he actually could have had a goal or two into this game. He had very he had really close opportunities. So just like during that first half, and Mega weren't really slacking it at all. They wanted to score. They want to score more goals. Yes, we got the goal. From Giovanni Dos Santos in 27th mid, but seeing from that point on, it's like, no, we want to keep going. We want to keep adding, keep um giving this Shiva defense a lot of pressure, especially at Agudinho. He was doing good seasons at this point, but if it seems like what what the amount of times that Medica were going up front and just wanting to constantly keep shooting the ball right at Agudinho, it showed that América meant serious business into this first half. So I just love that how they were really being all out offensive and not really risking much. Our defense. On the other side, we're doing also a really good job in trying to prevent Achieva's goal from happening. Yeah, we had some times where Achieva's like would get a shot off, but either a defender would block that or Chora, which he did a lot, would come in with the save. So I just love that in the first half that America really weren't slacking or they weren't falling asleep or it wasn't becoming one of those tail two halves things where it's like America are good in one half and America are not doing great in the other. I feel like maybe in this case that in both halves, they were doing pretty well.
1: Yeah. And and that's the interesting thing, too, that I I think it's a good thing you bring up the tale of two halves. You don't really see that in this game. And I think that's exactly what I go back to with America manages this game properly. I'm not going to say perfectly, because, of course, that would mean that America walks away a little bit more convincingly winning that game. But ultimately, like you mentioned, it was pretty good halves for both. Uh, f- for both first and second, in regards to America's perspective, but talk to me a little bit more about Geo. I think the two the people put it perfectly. It was it was quite the statement of Gio to make by scoring that goal and ultimately being the winner for America's uh, uh, for for America getting all three points in the Clásico Nacional. But talk to me a little bit more about Gio. What are you, what are your thoughts in regards to him and what type of game do you think he had? Because I mean, personally, for me, I think he was one of the better players on the pitch.
2: No, like he – I feel like he really had an impact from the get-go. And it seemed like the case like when people heard from the news from um, reports and journalists saying that Giovanni Del will be starting, everyone's like, wait, why? We could put someone else in that spot because I felt like, yeah, he's shown some signs of like his former greatness that he had like when he was younger, like going back to when like he was playing on the Mexico national team where he was just becoming like the next star for Mexico when he was playing – over at Mallorca or just in Europe. Like he was he was actually up potential. But then it seemed like after he left LA Galaxy, it seemed like things might have settled down because so he was named, I think at one point or reports like one of the most overrated players in MLS. But it seemed like seeing that how he, he joined the America since, it seems like he's starting to pick up pace and getting back to where he was before. So it's just that goal that he scored really provided um uh, a really how should I say this? Like it made America really confident. It seems like he just matched the win the um the heart against all of America fans back for some of it was like, Okay, that's what you'd like to see this from Giovanni Dos Santos. He was passing, he was going forward, making some plays, and then he overall scored the only goal in the match, and it was a great goal in matter of fact. So it's just it was really nice to see that how Gio got a start after coming back from an injury valve was not mistaken, and he already seemed to prove like a point. He's like, if you're going to start me, I'm going to put my 100% into the match.
1: No, I, I I agree with you. I think it was it was very critical of Giovanni to come into this game and make the statement that he did. Dylan, talk to me a little bit about your thoughts in regards to Gio and and Gio as a whole, as a player, as an America player. Because I think, you know, like the commentators also mentioned, he has this debt to the Americanismo, right? So much, so much hype behind him, so much money behind him as well. Uh, And then, of course, he's carrying the weight of that, you know, tremendous number 10. Uh, You know, he comes into this game a lot of like, you know, AJ said, a lot of doubts, a lot of questions as to why him comes into this game, scores a goal, has probably one of the best games. And, you know, looking back to a year, he had that ter- uh, that horrible injury in the Classico Nacional. So I think it was a little bit of extra special for him to be able to play this game again. But just give me your opinions on Gio.
0: No. I mean, like you said, I, I definitely agree with you, Ivan. I think, one, obviously, one of the better players on the pitch. Um, You know, a, a statement of a goal, a statement of a start, too. Um, I mean, I think it shows Piojo giving him the confidence and Piojo still has confidence in him. Um, You know, it's a goal... To where you know I'm sitting on my seat and I stand up and you Lasso go um, in front of my family. You know and they're just trying to wonder what's going on, what's wrong with me. But you know I was just I was just into the game, you know <laughs> celebrating that. But um, I, I think it's 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 the right foot in the track for Gio. Uh, like you said, you know, a lot of, a lot of pressure still on this guy, you know, in terms of, you know, the number he's wearing, the badge he wears week in and week out. Um, especially, you know, when you look in terms of his wages too, um, I think still a lot to prove. I don't, I don't think, um, uh, this necessarily in this it settles it. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not what you're asking either, what you're pointing out. I think you're just talking about the game. But, um, you know, uh, you, you want to see this Gio. You want to see this side of him. You want to see him, you know, scoring these goals or grabbing an assist here and there. Uh, but uh, if anything, this is the right foot Gio needed to start on uh, to get back on track.
1: Yeah, and I mean, oh, you know, I, I know that there's some doubts out there by a couple of people that, you know, Gio has the tendency to give us these bright moments and then all of a sudden disappear for two, three, four games. But I think, you, like you mentioned, it's the right foot on the track for Gio. And he needs to come up big because I will say this. I do think that he's going to play on Sunday against Cruz Azul. So I do think that he needs to make just as big of a statement in regards to that sense and have some consistency going forward because on his, on, on his day... He's probably like top three in that America squad on his day. And I don't think any of us can argue that he's not. You know?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. He beats out Ochoa too. So
1: Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Although Ochoa did not make him in practice. So I mean, you know, <laughs> barely, have to settle the score there. Barely, barely <laughs> <Cordova>. <laughs> um but yeah, obviously it, it it's a promising start for Gio, and obviously he gets the goal that puts us in 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 that comfortable position. And then I think as the game progresses, America doesn't take the foot off the gas pedals so much, but I guess they put themselves a little bit on cruise control and, and try to navigate the game, which I was all right with. I was fine because I thought, you know, you have the goal and you're coming into the second half. I did, I did expect them to invite Chivas to have the ball more, have a little bit more of the pressure and try to get them on the counter. Almost paid off. Um, of course, we had that disallowed goal uh, that you know because of that Henry block. I, I, I don't know. Look, it. I, we don't like to talk about referee decisions here because at the end of the day, they are what they are. But uh, I don't think that should have been disallowed. And you will just leave it at that. That's all personal opinion. But um, still, it was, a, it was a nice header by Cordova, But it was a really, really good play for, by America. So, you know, we still had a couple of chances in the second half. But I think you noticed roughly around the 80th minute mark that Pio says, all right, we have to close this game out. And you see some of the substitutions that were made. And I think it it, it definitely bo- boasted towards that. AJ, how did you feel about that? How did you feel about Piojo trying to close out the game? Uh, you know, like around the 80th minute and throwing a lot of defensive players in.
2: I feel like it's the right it's the right thing to do because, like, yeah, once their lead's not really comfortable, I guess. Like, but the way that America were playing throughout this entire match, it seemed like they were comfortable. not to say they were exactly comfortable, but it's like okay, we have something going because it seemed like. Overall, most, uh, most of the Chivas like, were not really able to get anything John. Jota Jota Macius was just really quiet throughout that entire match. Really, like, the only thing I would say throughout that entire match was um, Isaac B. Sweat, and then towards the very end with Orihe Perata, where he happens to almost score um, a, a goal from the corner kick, which he got the ball. But it's all I feel like it was a correct move for Pioho to make all these defense substitutions. I know he would get some kind of criticism for, like, the substitute he would make, whether it would be, like, a costable substitute like subbing out like a player that's like doing really well for someone else, and it's like, why? Or just making these cells is like, it doesn't make any sense. I in this case, I do agree with Bill when he was making these defensive substitutions I'm like, that's fine if he wants, if we're gonna close this game out, add some defensive players to it, just so really, she's are not really able to do much left. Maybe they got they can get maybe a chance or two off, but with all the defensive um substitute that we're making, it like she's weren't getting the most out of it. And I'd seem at that point. Um, Piojo might have been seeing that maybe we might not be able to get any more goals during that time. So it's just like, we're just going to close this game out at this point in the 80th minute, which I like. Even though I feel like you would still play the way you usually want to play until the 90th, but I think at this point, I think Bill was just like, nah, we're going to close it out here right now. So, I was fine with the substitutions that um, Piojo was making.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were some questionable ones, of course. I don't know why Chucho Lopez was ever brought into the game. But you know, I mean no, I we can spend here minutes, hours debating that
2: <laughs> I mean hey, he oh, he got the assist. I think it was like one, one or two minutes in, and then if the, the disallowed goal happened that essentially Chucho would have asked he made two. it two. was like he had the ten point um zero rating at that point, got that one cross the Lito goals like there you go, he did it. But no, I, I guess you with that like a cost was I guess it's just to let him play, I guess. like um who did he sub out for? Was it for um Leo Suarez? When um Chicho Lopez um subbed in, I think it was. But if the, either way, I just no it was Sergio dos Santos actually. So in that case, he might have actually he did something, but then throughout the very at the match, it was just like mm, not so much.
1: Yeah, it, uh, it didn't really do much. So I mean, it is what it is at the end of the day, right? It is what it is. But ultimately, America walked away with all three points and we could stay here and digest this game a little bit more. But I I really don't want to take too much time away from it. I do want to focus on a little bit of what happened afterwards because um, very interesting stuff, very hot debate going on right now. Not just on Twitter, but I think all of social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, and of course, everything that's going on down in Mexico. I think it's been the talk of the town in regards to this player swapping jerseys. After the game is over, which we've actually sat down with another person, a Chivas person, and we've had a sit down, a conversation as to whether this was correct or incorrect of the players to do. We had a sit down with uh, Rigo. Who is a good friend of ours? He's a Chivas uh, uh, fanatic. He's a, he, he analyzes Chivas as well. He has his own Chivas podcast. Um, and and we sat down with him. We talked in regards to whether or not this was right, this was wrong. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we we recorded this and we've uploaded it into a video format so you guys can check out our YouTube channel and you guys can check that whole conversation. I highly highly suggest you guys go and uh, take a listen to that because it's a really really good sit down. But I do want to address it just quickly here on the podcast because I think it's something that I think needs to be talked about. So, AJ, what are your thoughts in regards to these players after the game, having a chit-chat, laughing it up, interchanging jerseys? I mean, you see Cordoba hanging around, you know, kind of like nonchalant, like a towel. Um, I mean, just, you know, what what's your thoughts on all that?
2: It's, it's For me, I honestly find it fun. I may get some criticism maybe about them. But it's just one of the things that's like, for 90 minutes your rivals on the pitch you're playing against one another but then after all that you're just back to being frenzied because like those players that were all talking one another they've been on the if they know each other They're on the they play at the Mexico national team at some point where they currently are right now so it seems one of those cases it's like some, uh, just getting to talk with them after the game just talk about whatever where it was like how's everything going or what so I feel it's one of those things it's like to me it's completely fine for them it's just a swap it um swap jerseys just sit down um have a child laugh laugh about whatever they were um talking about the single this thing it's fine for me maybe it's because i'm more of a young america fan like since from 2013 so like i've been watching the classicos, so maybe i don't get well i'm not completely like completely like understand like why this is like a really huge rock. i get the point that it's, it's a rivalry and it feels like people would expect them to just, like, brawl out, which, I mean, there was a little bit of a fight at the very end of the match, but all in all, everyone just got themselves, like, to say, like, "What's well, that's not fight now, it's fine, and then then you show that on TV where all the players are just um, hanging around with one another, just laughing, talking to one another. I feel like, to me, this is completely fine for them to do as the players because they're friends at the end of the day and they know each other.
1: You know what, and, I, and you bring up a very interesting point, which we do talk about with Rigo over on that YouTube video channel. So make sure you guys check that out. And uh, you know, we discuss about the fact that you know there's kind of this upbringing of a of a younger generation that maybe is a little bit more nonchalant, or maybe hasn't really followed America to that extent. That is a little bit, you know, uh, you know, less, more lenient in, in regards to this aspect. Um, you know, Rigo makes a debate that, at least from a Chivas perspective, that it shouldn't have even crossed their mind to even go out and chit chat the way that they did because they just lost, you know, the biggest game of the season for them. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think I put myself and I try to put myself in their shoes. And I think as an America fan, if your team had just lost, you know, a game against your biggest rivals, of course you don't want to see them chit chatting, laughing it up and exchanging in jersey and stuff like that. You know, granted, they could do that outside of the public eye. And that you know no one know, no one knows, no one bats an eye. But I think the fact that they were out on the pitch really kind of makes a different statement. And of course I think the fact that there was no fans, I think that they thought that maybe there wouldn't be that much of a public eye on them, that maybe they did that during the time that they had to do on the pitch but again you know it's it's kind of up to debate and like i've told dylan like i told Rigo, at the end of the day it's really going to fall down on perspective there isn't really a set right or wrong answer when it comes to this because like you mentioned uh aj i think you make some valid points as to why this should be okay and the end of the day i think the you, you know the other people on the other side of the argument make a really good point as well which is you know this is a this is a rivalry that goes down and is deeply rooted in the americanismo and i think moin muñoz came out and said that you know it's taught to you in the institutions from a young age or and and whenever you join the team that that is one of the commandments you are not allowed to swap a, a jersey with, with another chivas player um but then at the same same time you know they're your friends they're your colleagues whatever the case may be um so, I mean, it's interesting. Let us know what you guys think about it. You know, reach out to us on Twitter, comment in the comment section down below, whatever it is. Let us know. Would you guys, first of all, would you guys ever exchange a, 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 a jersey with another Chivas player if you were a Medica player? Um, and two, it was, was this a proper way to go about it? If it wasn't, tell us why not. Uh, Dylan, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. And, and I kind of know what you, what you said because we had this conversation earlier, but I think it'd be important for people to hear it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, to me, you know, I think it's pretty much a bad look on both um, institutions in all honesty. Uh, but, you know, I kind of get where just going to like 90 minutes, you know, and those 90 minutes, you know, it's a rivalry, you know, you're, you're kind of in the sense you know, hate each other. And, you know, you obviously hate the institution you're playing against. Um, I just kind of feel in the sense there's a time and place for that, you know, maybe the tunnel toward the locker rooms, but not on the pitch uh, to where, um, Everybody can see it, I guess, in the sense of public life and the public eye, 'cause because uh, you never know who's around, like reporters, journalists kind of things. Obviously, no fans in the stands. So, I mean, maybe that's where they kind of feel a little relaxed. you know, hey, you know, we could do this, you know, out here on the pitch. But, you know, obviously they they couldn't, you know, it, it got recorded. It got filmed. Uh, it was always on through the end. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, and, and like I said, there's a time and place for it. I don't mind it, but the way that it was conducted, I don't agree with
1: yeah, no and and I really urge all of you to take a look and and take a listen to that video we just uploaded with Rigo. Of course, shout out to Rigo for coming on. Thank you so much um it was a great discussion, and we talk about that. We talk about you know the how the player should have conducted this better uh you know Rigo gives us his Chivas perspective i you know, give kind of the America perspective. Um, And I I saw that we had a comment that, you know, uh, someone said that they feel like the players don't feel the rivalry as much as they did back then. Um, And we talk about that as well. We talk about the Canteras and, you know, the upbringings and, and how we can change that. So this kind of doesn't happen again in the public eye. Um, And so really a lot of things were covered in in regards to that aspect. So make sure you guys check that video out. We go into a lot more in-depth discussion in this, and I promise you that it is worth every second of it. I think we had some really good things to say, and I really do think that many of you would enjoy listening to that conversation. And of course, let us know in the comment section down below, do you guys agree? Do you guys like? Do you guys dislike? You know, let us know. Um, And one last thing on this subject, uh, Guillermo Cho was uh, on an interview yesterday, Well, yesterday, but it came out today. um, And they asked him if he would ever exchange jerseys. And uh, he kind of finessed the question in the sense that he said, No, I would never do it the way that my teammates did. But I have swapped jerseys before, in the sense that, you know, I was, you know, I was asked to see if they would give me a jersey and stuff like that. So I I think that's a proper way to go about it. You know, Charles, not, you know, not going to be the type to, Hey, game's just over. You know, let's switch jerseys. You know, it's like, okay, you know, maybe. A day, two days later, we could talk about that. But, you know, the match is the match. The day is the day. And we just kind of have to go about it. So I thought that was pretty interesting as well. Um, but, gentlemen, anything else to add on before we move on? No. 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 All righty then. Okay. Um, well, any moment now, we're going to be joined by the uh, Cruiser Soul people. And uh, really excited to talk in regards to the... Classical home, because I think this is the, the the one classical that I think we were all a little bit more jittery about because both well, because obviously we know Cruz Azul and the form that they're in and obviously we know the the form that America's in so it's it's gonna be interesting to talk to the uh, Cruz Azul people in regards to how they feel and how they think we're coming into this one and uh, and all that good stuff but before they do come over here I do want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you guys by Foot Cult if you guys. I uh, haven't done so already. Make sure you guys check them out. They have some tremendous and amazing gear and sportswear for the Liga of Mickey's English. I mean, you have, you know, train tops, jerseys, shirts, caps, pins, boards. I mean, the whole nine yards with these people. Okay. And they've done a tremendous work to this date and uh you know we're excited for future projects to come with them so make sure you guys go check them out footcall.com and uh yeah if you guys like any of the product it doesn't necessarily have to be this beautiful equal eye podcast uh shirt that we have on right now but uh if you guys want to you guys can order these as well over onto their website and if you guys like anything else make sure you guys go and check out and use the discount code EEP at checkout to get 10% off and uh yeah helps a little bit uh help the card co- cover the cost of the show and hopefully we can give more back to you guys in that sense. But uh, yeah, thank you again to FootCall for sponsoring today's episode. All right, gentlemen, we'll updates in regards to everything going on in Coapa. Really don't have much. Christian usually has all this. He did not leave me his notes. Um, all he left me was a sticky note that said BRB looking for Conejo Malo. So I don't know. What uh, necessarily that means. I think just what I mentioned, I think he's on his way trying to look for Bad Bunny. I'm pretty sure he left the island quite a while ago. But Christian, if you listen to this, uh we wish you nothing but the best and hope that you get to find Bad Bunny. But uh only really news update that I have in regards to America is that uh Emanola Galera still a little bit questions in regards to whether or not he's gonna start. On uh on Sunday, of course, uh more more tests will be made. Sergio Diaz, I think, is also discarded for the match on Sunday. So he's not gonna be uh he's not gonna be in in that roster. And then of course uh, Federico Big looks like he's gonna be able to play more than just sixty minutes on Sunday. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not he starts that game. But um that pretty much wraps it up for all the news we have in regards to Guapa. Uh I do want to remind you guys, do not forget to tune in on Thursday as me and AJ will be diving into the world of America Feminine. We're going to be recapping that draw against Atlas and then we'll be previewing the game following after that against Mazatlan on Saturday. All righty then, gentlemen, let's move on into the next segment, the Clásico Nacional. And Dylan, if you'd be so kind as to bring our guest onto the show. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, none other than Oscar from the Machina EN. Oscar, how are you, man?
3: Hey guys, how's it going? How's everything? Doing good. We're Excuse, doing good. We hope you're doing good. well. Excuse the quarantine here, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hope you guys are doing no, well.
1: Doing fine. good over here. Nice, nice. Great to have you on the podcast. Excited to talk classical Um, You know, we just came off classical victory, so we're we're looking at you guys to be the next uh, the next victims in uh, in line.
3: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Congrats on the win, by the way, you guys. Uh, I expected a a different game. I feel I feel like Chivas really dropped the ball just because I think you guys mentioned in your last podcast on on the defensive, and you guys let in a lot of goals, and and they did they didn't take advantage of that. So I thought in my prediction, I said um, I think it was going to be three two, a lot of goals, just because I think I thought Medico was going to win easily. They were going to out, they were just going to outscore Chivas uh, ultimately, but um, it. It was still pretty good, classical uh, nacional, but just not the way I thought it was going to go down.
1: Yeah, if if there's one game I'm worried about leaking goals, it's definitely against you guys. And we'll talk a little bit more about why still, but uh, (sighs) you know hey we came away with a clean sheet this is the one game i thought we wouldn't get a clean sheet but somehow yeah. miraculously we did um so yeah excited to talk a little bit more about how both teams are coming into this one and just going off of there talk to me a little bit more about cruz azul and how you guys are walking into this one i know you guys just had a game against mazatlan how did that go for you guys and morale speaking in regards to not just the team but the fans how is the classical home and kind of coming into this I think on
3: paper, and then I feel like the majority of the fan base are really skyrocket high on confidence. Um, for me, my perspective, I'm a bit analytical, and I get, I don't know, I, I'm definitely more of a realist uh, of a fan. I let it go I let go of the emotion aspect of it a lot, so I have to really look at it from kind of a third point of view, hindsight of view um but i think as oh, as a i just a fan i think everyone's just really good. we're in a really good moment right now we're top of the league right now um 25 points 20 goal scores, only nine goals against and we're all in in the top 5 of uh, most goals uh in all that type of those top categories um eight wins one draw two losses and i think we're just going in into a game really good cuz back to back away wins too and then we're going uh We're going into a nice little undefeated streak, too. You can only give confidence for fans and and the players as well coming into the game.
1: I feel like we're coming into something similar when we faced each other back in the Klausura right before kind of this pandemic kind of had to shut everything off. Right, You guys were on hot form. You guys looked like you guys were just steamrolling through everything. And then, of course, we were a little shaky, kind of like we are right now, you know, still a little bit doubtful of what's what to expect from the team. So I think we're just kind of really going to get a a rematch, basically, of the game that we had in the Klausura. I don't know if you think the same way, Oscar.
3: No, yeah, definitely. Um, if you actually, if you go, if you look back before the, the last tournament got canceled, the numbers are very similar and the standings are very similar from both teams. Um, I think the I think I have the numbers here. So before the whole pandemic started, in ten matches played, including that win we we won against you guys, we had seven wins, one draw, and two losses, and a goal factor of twenty four and only fourteen against. Very similar number, numbers that we have now. I think that we. I think both teams. Um, I thought I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, I talked to this back then with the guys at Full Nation that you guys were kind of like panicking or, or really going over overboard. In my opinion, overboard when you guys suffered those back to back defeats against uh, Queretaro Monterrey, I believe, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you guys were like a lot of foot up and like, you guys were really concerned about the <laughs> defense. But then, <laughs> if you look at the league table, you guys were still in third, <laughs> third place. So. Uh, but I mentioned I mentioned to the guys that that's what comes to when, when you from one of these big teams Cruz Sulchi Chivas Pumas the standards are just like it's, it, it's yeah. just it's 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 a bit unreasonable at times but that's that's how you grow up and that's it, it just for like fans like us who go for these teams it's just pretty standard for us but if we were like a Necaxa, Quereto, Puebla it'd be another story but um. Yeah, I I feel like it's gonna yeah, it's gonna be exactly another rematch, and that's why I'm I'm a little bit afraid this coming around because we we and lately we've been doing really good against you guys. We got in a couple wins, but you know everything that's we're we're gonna have to fall down at one point. That's why I feel like we will get later into it. But the predictions, I just feel like it's either gonna be a draw or uh, you guys might edge it just because. Um, We have to fall at some point. We just can't keep winning you guys every game. I mean, I hope that's the case, but from a logical standpoint, I think you might get one on us. But who never knows, it should be a good game.
1: And that's what I think we're all anticipating, a really good matchup. And, like, I mean, we were expecting a gold fest in the Clásico Nacional and only ended up getting yeah, yeah. one. So, I mean, you know, who knows what to predict at this point. But, AJ, with, uh, with a, you know, kind of this quote-unquote rematch coming up, uh, you know, how do you, how do you think America's coming into this one? How do you think Americanistas are walking into this one? And lastly, should we not have Emmanuel Aguilera take a penalty?
2: Ooh. So, um, yeah, no. It's just... We we just beat Chivas in the Clásico Nacional. That's one out of three Clásicos that we've won so far. The next is be coming up against Cruzan, the Clásico home. And so I feel like in this case, with the 1-0 win and like how we were looking at it, Chivas, I feel like America are coming into this one strong. With the case like we gotta, we need to score more goals. We're not gonna go with like 0 victories. Despite yeah, it's giving us the three points, but one of those things like it's a Clásico. I feel there should be it should be a goal fest. Like from America and from the other team, yeah, we'll be conceding goals. The thing is, we want to also score goals, both well, because I feel that's what that's what a Glasgow I think all about. It's just a goal fest, just having both teams just going at each other left and right. And with America fans, we're in third place so far. We're in a good we're in a good spot right now, but I feel we're definitely gonna be pushing up towards um the first place spot, and we want to take that mantle away from Cruz Azul. So I think in this case, America fans especially... With all the comments that Chios fans is getting and seeing that how America are playing, how we're getting some of our, our um, top players on um, back into um, our squad. And it seems that America are going to have, like, their best squad for the most part, like, coming into this match and just ready. So I feel like in this case, America fans are feeling really confident. And then with the Amara Aguilera penalty, I really don't have much to say. I remember watching that on my <laughs> TV, saw that I'm like, that's like one of, like. At that time, he was getting so much Chris. I'm like, that's like the only good thing you had left in you. And you messed that penalty up. And I'm just like, mm. and what sucked is that was the last game we had before, um uh, you know, the um, COVID-19 happens. So that thing. It's like if Emma actually was in this game, it was playing against Chris Hill in the next game. And a penalty happened to happen, you know what? I feel confident him taking it again because he's kind of been like trying to prove himself wrong. Considering he's kind of like a captain in this team now since Bruno Valdez's injury. But for the most part, I'd still let him take a penalty against Cruzado.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, we know you know you like to roll the dice, AJ. We know you like to roll the dice. Uh, Dylan, talk to me a little bit more about this Clásico Joven. Um, I mean, some people are saying that it's starting to overshadow a little bit of the Clásico Nacional because both teams in the past couple of years have been very strong and have led to really good, exciting games. I mean, we just had not too long ago a final between both of these game, both of these teams. And, you know, it, it just seems that history seems, seems to repeat itself whenever these two uh, play on the pitch. And we always tend to get a game that usually boats with either goals or plenty of things to talk about.
0: No, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this game come Sunday. Um, you know, like you said, this one seems kind of like it's overshadowing it. And you know, I feel like you kind of feel it more, especially because this is kind of like a crosstown rival in the sense. You know, you're, both these teams are basically sharing the same stadium as home stadiums. And so um, I feel like for America, it's a little bit of chip on their shoulder still, even, even when Cruz Azul moved into the Azteca. Um, so I'm looking forward to this game a lot. I'm pretty excited. Um. Like AJ was kind of mentioning, you know, uh, you got to win against Chivas, you know, a pretty bitter rival. Um, So, you know, I wouldn't say this team's on cloud nine right now, but I feel like their confidence is pretty high going into this game. And so you're you're kind of hoping that this team can duplicate what they did against Chivas, but, you know, just make it a little bit better. You know, go out and score a goal, you know, because you kind of expect more goals, especially I thought Benedetti was going to get one um, with the shots he was taking. But uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what comes of this from this team.
1: No, yeah, and and you know we we start off on the right foot, and I think I think cloud nine for us would be to get all nine points in, in these classicals, right? Um, and I know we we did a poll and we asked uh you know a majority of you as to vote as to you know what realistically America can walk out of in regards to these games. And Dylan, while you pull that up, I do want to ask AJ if America ends up drawing this game. Or potentially even losing this game, do you think? And and you know, do you think that there's still hope to rescue you know something out of this uh, this next coming up Clásico against Pumas, where América walks away with six points? Do you think that's viable? Do you think that's even acceptable?
2: It's Clásicos. We all want we want to win them all, but you know, like when you have teams like Cruz Azul who are in first place and are doing like an, uh, an amazing job overall throughout that this season. Including America, but it's one of those things like we, don't want to get, we don't want to give it. Up. Especially the last time we played against Cruz Azul, that was in the Copa por Mexico. We lost 1-4-2 of them. It was a complete thrashing where it's like America seemed completely lost when they were watching this Cruz Azul side, so just scoring goals right on them. So I feel like in this case, I really do not want them to lose because I figured it's a lose. We're just continuing that losing streak because from the Clausura where we lost to them. Um, it was 1-0 due to Emanuel uh, Aguilar missing his um penalty. And then in the Copa por America where we lost 1-4-2. So I feel like if it's a loss, I feel like it's not going to be looking so good for America Yeah, If we go against Pumas and then we do beat them, who are also another good team or having a draw, I feel like it's not going to be a really good look for America in this case. So I feel like even with the draw... I feel that's not going to really satisfy us because it's like we want to get our revenge, especially like what they did to us. So I feel like America needs to really come away with the win in this one, whether it's a sloppy win, uh, complete thrashing, or it's just a really close game. It's it, We just need to get those three points against um, our rivals.
1: I, I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. Dylan, do you have the numbers?
0: Yeah, 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 right here. So, out of uh, our three thousand plus followers, we only got fifty-one voters, and you know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think maybe because we did it on a Sunday, I don't know, people were yeah, just we, we, not on
0: Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we did it. We did it real late at night, and was hoping for the next thing. So, probably something we have to schedule the next day around midday. But fifty-five um, percent people said we'll get nine points out of all three Classicals. Thirty-five percent said seven, eight percent said six, and two percent said other.
1: So that would be what five? Five or three. Five or three. Um or four. Yeah, I, well, yes. yeah, I guess there's 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 plenty of numbers to go off of that. But interesting though, that um obviously maybe I think a lot of us did get carried away in the voting side of things because we just came off a classical victory. But I mean, uh reasonably, I think seven points would be would, would be great. Nine would be exceptional. So I mean we'll have to wait and see, but I think it starts. It started with Chivas, but it has to continue with Cruz Azul. Now Oscar, talk to me a little bit about this Cruz Azul side. Um, I mean, is, is there any doubts coming into this game? Any injuries? Anything that we should be kind of on the lookout for? You guys?
3: Well, I mean, we do have the top scorer of the league, Cabecita Rodríguez, with ten goals, and then we have a youngster named Santi Jiménez at nineteen years old who has four goals and two assists too. So, um, and then we have. Uh, Lu- Luis Romo, who's become a sensation in Mexican media, talking about he's going to be this new revelation midfielder for for El Tri. But that's another discussion. But um, yeah, I think like I said, on paper and what you see as a fan on the TV and everything else, like it this looks like a very good team. You mentioned injuries. I don't think we have any first team injuries right now. Only only at Pablo Aguilar, but his thing was from a while back. He's recovering from a ACL tear. But um. First team injuries have not been a problem because uh, we the depth of our our bench right now is just uh, I haven't seen the depth of this of a bench like uh, this in such a long long time. Um, I could probably compare it to maybe like to the Montedrez and Tigres squad depth. Maybe they're just not as recognizable because um, they don't play for they they don't get called up regularly for their South American squ- squad teams, but uh, their national team. Sorry, but um, having players like. This past weekend, we had Alvarado on the bench. Milton Carallo, b- before he was our top scorer, now Santi's doing his thing, and he's he he's able to uh, cement that starting position. Um, Yoshio Thun, who's an international uh, Peru Peru captain, he he's on the bench. Um, Rafa Vaca, who's been a staple point as well, on the bench. Just a lot of just like I said, the squad death is is key to any uh, great team, in my opinion um but yeah this team is just flying high right now and it's like i said that consistency like i said before the pandemic ended we were in first place and now coming back into this situation again we're back in we're in first place again so consistency i one word to describe this team right now is consistency let's see if they can continue that against you guys
1: on sunday
0: damn remember when what we this, about what, what? yeah what? <laughs> <laughs> consistency
1: so one word we actually want to be able to say on this podcast in, in, in a good way, because this is the last thing we get from America <laughs> is consistency. But it sounds like both teams are really just water and oil at this point. I mean, I mean, you guys are literally on cloud nine, you know, no no injuries. Teams just clicking. Youngsters are coming up and doing their thing. You know, you have I, very I, good squad. I'm going to
3: cut you off, but there's a, I, I guess to give you guys a little bit of a, something to be, to give you a little bit of hope or some to feel a bit more relieved to, to not think you're going you're coming up against like world champions or something they do, they have been saying that we have been struggling with uh i guess the lower c teams or the smaller clubs but i don't think that works for your case um no because if you saw I mean, <laughs> yeah if you saw the scoreline it was three two but I, I don't think the scoreline reflected the game but I feel like sometimes in the defensive laps, we do struggle a bit at times with you guys, despite having a pretty decent defensive record. Sorry to cut you off there.
1: No, 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 you're fine. I mean, I, kind of which is what I was alluding to is that, you know, it's like, it's, it's like everything that America is suffering, it seems to be the opposite over in Cruz Like, you know, we're struggling to put a team together because everyone just seems to be falling over on ants and just breaking their ACLs for some reason. Um, and it's it's terrible right now. I mean, but it, it, again, it's something that's been playing in America for so long already that I, at this point, you'd be surprised if there wasn't any injuries. You'd be like, what's going on? What's wrong? Oh, um, yeah, I've no,
3: noticed, I've noticed that from just hindsight. There's always something going on with you guys. Um, always. but um, Yeah. Injuries are part of the game, so it, it, I, th- I think that goes back to the what I was saying about squad depth. It's important to any great team in general. Um, I, I don't feel like Club América has that. I don't follow. I don't follow them completely like that. But in terms of like, I, I just see the same players kind kind of get rotated in, and then players that come in are they have been they been youngsters from the academy, not really adding on to a uh, to the to the to the team i don't even know did you guys even sign anyone this this window which is we did but they're injured yeah of
0: course yeah yeah, that, yeah. That,
3: that, that's
0: what that's what i was kind of mentioning whenever you're talking about the squad dip uh i was like um, i was thinking like like we used to talk about squad dip too like yeah we used to yeah benedetti coming off the bench but now you know benedetti's just like asses the start and we don't have nobody else to come off the bench for him
2: oh. don't refer to it back then remember how like America's always trying to sell players to Europe I'm like yeah that's great but then I was like yeah (laughs) I would say Marquezine Guido Rodriguez Edson Alves Mateus Uribe I would hell maybe even Cecilio Dominguez when he was like really good when he first got introduced to this team maybe I'm speaking high on but it's one of those things where it's like America would have squad like imagine we kept those kind of players onto the bench it's like wow you literally have like a super sub right there to just sub into the game or we have our youngsters but here's the problem they never seen the breakthrough like Ivan Moreno. We just sent a Mazatlan, we had Oswaldo Leon. We just sent a Sacatepec. We never heard hear from him ever again. At Ortega. I think he's playing for Toluca Premier for their Fuerza Basica. So I'm like, what we just sent a player who, if I'm not mistaken, from last season start, I think. It was two games against Diaz and Choros where he was looking really promising. And then this is like, yeah, let's has yet to play a single game for the first team. And they're like, yeah, Toluca we're playing in the Fuerza básicas. And I'm like, I mean, well, yeah, for like the U-20, I'm like, why? Then it's that problem where it's like with squad with America. We just sell or loan players that we could really need for the team. And then when we look at the bench, we're just like, um, and eh, it's Decent, but it's like it's not going to really, they're not the converts that like they're going to make such a complete impact when they get something.
1: Yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're yeah, you guys definitely have the upper hand when it comes to squad depth in, in regards to that. I think our bench is a little bit lacklustrous compared to your guys's, but. It's to say that these players can't go out and get the result, which I, I I do think they're they're very confident in that they can do so. Like I mentioned uh, earlier, when uh, when Nacho got interviewed, and they mentioned you know the upcoming classic with that was coming up on Sunday, you know he said that he. The, the team is very well aware of the moment that Cruz Azul is living. Huh? You know they're obviously top of the table. You know the goals that they're scoring, the players that they have, and, and the rhythm that they got going. And they know that it's gonna be a tough opposition, but that they're excited, that they're motivated to play against them, um, and that they're 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 looking forward to this classical home. And they know that it's it's a lot is riding on this and that they're going out there to play for all three points. So it's going to be interesting. I, uh, it sounds like the players are motivated. They're up for this one. And I think when you have that tied along with, you know, a, a victory that just happened not so long ago against your most bitter rivals, I think it's, it spells something promising for America going into this game. But, Oscar, tell me a little bit more about uh, how Crusoe will come into this game. Do you have a predicted lineup, maybe a predicted uh, formation, uh, style tactics that uh, will be implemented against us? Uh, or How do you think uh, Cruzul is going to try to manage this game?
3: You know, before, the last time I was on here, Pedro Carcina was our head coach, and he was pretty predictable of, of his lineup. But lately, with Siboldi, I've noticed that he... Likes to do a lot of rotations and like to give a lot of chance. Like if someone has a good game, he's like, "All right, here's here you go, here's another one." So I think that our back line will probably stay the same. We play with a four back with uh, Lerte, uh Igor Leshnouski, Cato Dominguez, and Juan Escobar. And then this is where the midfield it, is where he changes a lot. Some some days it's uh, Rivero, Pineda. Uh, Promo and Alvarado, and then I think the up top might stay the same, but who knows? He might just leave Cabecita alone up there um, to give to try to fill in the numbers in the midfield and try to over to get control of the midfield because that's probably the key will probably be key point uh, in the game. Um, but formation would probably be a four two, th- yeah, four two three one maybe or four one three two if Santi plays. But um, yeah, the starting eleven is a bit iffy in the midfield. But I, I know you'll probably have to watch out for Cabecita up top. Not, I know your defense, The defense, right? The defense is gonna have a. They're definitely gonna get their money's worth that that day, um, or at least I hope so. And then the midfield is where it kind of goes iffy a little bit. The only midfielder that I, I can guarantee that'll probably start is uh, Luis Romo. So or else we'll see what CWD will try to uh, bring out to the team.
1: Interesting. Very, very interesting. Okay. Um, I mean, I do think it's going to be quite the battle of the midfield. Uh, if America even wants to play in the midfield, because I think sometimes they get a little bit antsy and just completely skyrocket and play long ball United. And I mean, we'll see (laughs) what, uh, what Piojo ends up wanting to do in regards to that aspect. But I think it's a, it's a strong formation nonetheless. And I think uh, I expect anything less of it really. Um, Like you mentioned, I think you're the the main man to look out for. Um, Definitely is going to be Cabecita, but I I think really, you know, whoever's supplying Cabecita is just going to be as vital to shut down because, you know, Whilst he is a great striker, I think you you need to get the ball to him. And if we can cut off those, those, uh, those, those passes uh, and, and any channels for him to run into, I think, uh, you know, neutralizing that type of that game for you guys, I think will be important for America. And hopefully people can see it. And I'm very doubtful that he does. Um, but well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, uh, gentlemen, talk to me more about what we think we're going to come out with. Uh AJ, would you like to give uh give give our predicted starting eleven? I know Christian usually does this. Again, he's out there trying to look for bad bunny, but uh, l- let me know what you. What do you think America is going to come out with? Do
2: you know? To be honest, if I feel like we're going like with this formation change, like due to like to the um like um injuries that we were having, though I feel like in this game I would also like to see like the same um lineup that we had before, except by, well the only difference is we're gonna have. We have Emmanuel Aguilera injured, so I maybe do kind of feel like um, we might just swap in Ramon Juarez, my boy Paolo Maldini, right there into that spot, into the um back into the defense. So I honestly feel like that America might just rock with with the um uh, same lineup that we had against Chivas. If not, then I feel like at the, at maybe at the halftime or at some point like during there, I may feel like they might switch like to a um five at the back. So I honestly feel like in this case, if we're going with that. 4-1-3-2. It'll be Guillermo Ochoa, Jorge Sanchez, Sebastian Um Caceres, Ramon Juarez, Luis Fuentes, then we have um Richard Sanchez, um uh, Nicolas Benedetti, Sebas Cordova, Leo Suarez, then we have Gio Los Santos and Henry Martin up front. Actually, I may feel like I know Federico Vinas is gonna be ready, but maybe in this case, I guess considering that Gio did get us that goal, I feel like maybe we might maybe just let him start again and see, and then if Things don't happen to go um, pan out well. We would sub um Gio Dos Santos out. Um uh, maybe during the first half, maybe like at the layer, like the 40th minute mark, which I don't think it happened, or in the second half, like at the very beginning, we'd sub him out for um Federico Vinas.
1: Interesting. Dylan, what are the chances of Henry not starting this game? Because he was a little bit lacklustrous in the classical Nacional. I'm not saying he had a bad game, but I just think, you know, he wasn't really the henry that we were expecting is there a chance for him to sit the bench out and put venus in with uh geo
0: yeah i mean i could probably see that um at this rate um you know i, I just it kind of all depends on if venus is you ready um but i think if that's the case if venus is ready uh, i wouldn't be opposed to it but obviously if venus is not ready you're starting henry
1: yeah and you know what i, I- I agree with AJ in regards to the formation. I think we're definitely going to go out with the same starting eleven that we did against Chivas. I think it just it worked well. But here's the problem, and I think Krishna alluded to this when we were talking off camera on uh, on Saturday after the game, and it was that if you do play this formation against Cruz Azul, then you're practically giving up the midfield because you're not really having kind of a holding midfielder there. You're having more two midfielders that have a liberty to go forward and make something out of the attack. Whilst we know Richard can do the center defensive mid-roll, I don't think he really prefers to be the player to do that role. So I'm very doubtful. I'm very skeptical as to what kind of play America is going to try to do because if you do end up leaving those gaps in the middle, then you're really giving the game to Ruzul and saying, look, you can have the ball, you can come at us, but we're going to try to get you on the counter and we're going to try to get you on uh w- whatever advantage we can whether it's a set piece or whatever the case may be but i i do feel like that might just be the case for this game against uh, Cruz Azul which i i personally don't like i think there's other ways to go about this game but i mean i i really don't see the players that we have available to make anything else happen or work because you know i think we're really going to be putting a lot of kind of pressure on our uh, on our wings and having Bednaretti and Leo Suarez do a lot of the a lot of the lifting, and we'll have to wait and happen. But um, I do see one uh, weakness in well, besides the whole midfield thing, I do see one very big weakness that I think Cruz Azul is definitely going to try to exploit. And that is Luis Fuentes. I mean, the man looks like he's definitely not in rhythm and just. Getting outbeat every time he has to go out for a foot race. So Oscar, this must be music to your ears to know that we definitely don't even have a left back that can pur- uh, neutralize you guys. So do you think Rasul is definitely going to try to attack that side?
3: Well, it depends. It, it depends on what I mean, I'm not in the training, the training center, and do, when they watch film. But um, uh, if they do watch it, that will. Definitely, we'll see a change in the formation. He'll try to he'll probably, will probably try to put Elias Hernandez on the right and try to see if he can take him on. But then again, Elias is an old man too, so who knows? That that'd be an interesting battle there. That'd be a great um, foot race,
1: but I promise you, Elias is still gonna win it. Like <laughs> yeah. you think they could? He could be know. on a cane and he's still winning it.
3: No, if you <laughs> if you want to talk about it, if you anytime you've seen a kuzushige game with Elias, like the quality is there. You know, I I always said this, and I, everyone I feel like every coach or anyone. who who has ever played if you ever have that technical quality or that skill it that never goes away, just the physical traits or the physical traits of like the speed and jumping and all that that does go away, and you can see it from every each player so Leah still has that, but when he sprints man, my god he is he is pretty slow too he has maybe five good sprints in him in a game that which is why he's not a starter anymore so um if he does start, it'll probably come on a second half, but um. Yeah, we we'll, we'll see definitely because the thing is too. I don't really think we have anyone that's an outright winger winger like that because uh, Alvarado likes to drift in, and uh, kind of facilitate in the in that center attack of mid roll And then, like I said, if Elias does play, you know, like I said, it'd be a good. It'd be a good. Good uh, old man matchup. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just feel like in general your whole back line, you guys. I mean, you guys have let in a lot of goals too. You guys are t- up there with the most goals conceded this season as well. So, um, we'll, we'll we'll see how uh, that that'll play out. But it's good to know that at least when th- I, I'm surprised Bielko hasn't brought in. Would you? And my question for you guys: Would you rather bring in maybe an academy product from the under 20s to try to fill in that role or d- during this time? Or maybe try to put Cortes Sanchez back in there and bring an academy product to play from the academy product to play someone in the midfield or something like that.
1: Well, I think that's the interesting thing. I think when whenever this whole, um, what's his name? Gornacha?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Am I even saying that right? I don't even know. But, Andrew Gorinsk?
2: Um, Gorinsk?
1: Yeah. Gor- <laughs> Gorinski, whatever his name is. <laughs> Look, at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, we all thought that he was gonna be the promising left back and we were just gonna have George on the right. Um, but I mean he's still yet to even get minutes. Um he hasn't even been called up to the squad, he hasn't even been on the bench. So, I mean, a lot of question marks in regards to that, but I mean in Fuentes we trust because we have to, not because we want to. Um, but I mean we'll see what happens. Um, really, really big liability there, which I'm pretty sure Cruz is gonna try to exploit. But um, gentlemen, quickly talk to me. And um this question is for everyone. Give me your key player of the match. What what player needs to have a big game in order for their team to come out with uh with, with all three points? And I'll throw it to you first, Oscar.
3: Um, I think it'd probably be I mean the easy answer is Cabecita Rodriguez, but um I'm trying to give a I want to give you a different answer. I think it's gonna have to be in the midfield. So if it's if it's Baca Yoshi or Rivera, whichever starts in that holding midfield role, or if we have two playing in that position, one of the two is going to be key just because if they can help cut off that Akul attack and and then distribute the ball well to our more offensive players to be able to create and maybe get Cavasita on a fast break, that will be really key. Um, yeah, I think that's one of those midfielders, whoever's playing in that role. Like I said, like you said, the midfield is gonna be key, I feel like, in this game, especially with both teams who like to score goals.
1: Interesting. I thought you were gonna say Cesar lose," but of course, what do I know? <laughs> oh man. <Very> good. Um <laughs> AJ, who has to come up big for America?
2: If he is gonna start which I'm sure he will. It's going to be Henry Martin. He ha- he did not really score in the cross. He was really quiet out the entire time. So I feel like in this game, this is the time for Henry Martin to step up and to add some goals into his goal tie. He's got five goals this season, but I feel like he could honestly be that America player for, I think, since Trujo Benitez has to break double digits for us. And the regular scene, so I think like in this case Henry really needs that. Really needs to come up. Yeah, I know it's not like Pumas where every time we play against Pumas, Henry Martin always scores against. It's like that's like his favorite point to play against when it comes to the classic. But I feel like in this case, I really need. I feel like it's gonna have to be Henry Martin in this case. He can get himself a goal up if he can get himself a goal into this match. That I think can get the start the rhythm going, where it feels like the plan is just going to be like, let's start feeding Henry the ball because he has that physical, he has the physicality to be able to outmuscle some defenders that and that he faces against in his path when it's transfer him to score goals. So I think in this case, it's going for me. It's going to have to be Henry Martin in this
0: case. He needs to come up big against um, Cruz All
1: righty, Dylan.
0: Uh, for repeating lineups, um, you know, like Christian said, and we talked about here. Uh, pretty much kind of giving up the midfield. But I think uh, Richard Sanchez is really going to have to have a big game. You know, like you said, he doesn't really like playing that that the center defensive mid role. But, you know, in this case, you know, he's going to have to. He's going to have to like it and love it and do it for a whole 90 minutes.
1: Yeah, he's going to be very instrumental to what America is capable of doing. He's going to have to be the one starting that attack, and hopefully he can get things going. Uh, for me, uh, I think it has to be uh, Cáceres. Uh, you know, I think Sebas has to come out, and he has to come out big. Uh, he had a good game against Chibas, but I think he's really going to get tested against Cruz Azul. We mentioned, you know, uh, Cabecitas is, is is in hot form, so a lot of it, a lot of responsibility is going to fall on him. And if there is no Aguilera, he is the next in line to lead that back line in a sense. So, um, I mean, you're asking a lot from a youngster, but hey. He knew what he signed up for when he came to America, and this is the moments where a player like that needs to step up and show his caliber. I know he's had some questionable games, he's had some questionable mistakes, but uh, it's got to be now or never, especially against a very, very tough opposition like Cruz So, if you're able to do it, and I, and then I think if he's on his night, then yeah, I think you could see another clean sheet from América. But I mean, we'll see, right? But he needs to have a, a a really big game in in my eyes. I think it all really is going to fall down on the defense because like Oscar mentioned, you know, we've been leaking goals left, right and center. It's not even duct take has been able to help us in this situation. So, um, let's see if, uh, if, the, if the defense is up for the challenge on Sunday night, but again, you guys can, uh, you guys can catch that game Sunday night at, uh, 7 PM Pacific time. Nope. Is that right? Or is that wrong? I, I believe that's very wrong. Um,
2: it's 9.45 p.m. EST. I know that. Yeah, so that is 6.45.
1: Eastern. So it's 6.45 uh, Pacific Standard Time. Then it's uh, 8.45 Eastern and then 9.45. No, sorry, Central and then 9.45 uh, Eastern Time. Sorry about that. But uh, quickly, gentlemen, before we wrap this all up, I do want to get you guys' prediction. Oscar, throwing it to you first. Give me a prediction for the Classical Hoban on Sunday.
3: My heart says uh, we're gonna win, but if I'm a betting man, I, I think we're gonna fall. I think we've just been too consistent. you know we're, we're gonna have to go we're gonna have to drop at some point. I feel like Club is gonna do it, so I think we're gonna I think we're gonna take an l two one.
1: Oh my goodness, <laughs> <I've never laughs> In my wow. life, I never had someone come on the show where their team is completely dominating, going up against us and saying, "You know what? I don't think we're going to take it, but hey. Credit to you, my yeah. man. It's not that I don't believe in them. It's just look, look, look how we just
3: first of all, I'm a Crusaders fan, right? Put some context into it. Context into it. How many times have we have we failed, or just we game we should when we lose, and leads we we don't keep, we we lose it. So I just feel like this is. You know we we just have consecutive wins against you guys which it, it it's it's rare it's it's rare, you know what I mean so I just feel like um we're gonna slip you know and it's and it's normal it's gonna build character to the team which is is what I'm excited to see'cause how how you lose how you I, you definitely learn more than um when you lose games, so I just feel like we're just gonna slip like I said if I was a better man i I feel like we're gonna lose two one but like i said my heart says you should they should be a, a good two nil win, but I'm gonna say we're we're gonna take the L2-1.
1: Interesting. Okay, well I mean rational man, credit to you, man. Credit to you. All right, AJ, prediction.
2: Hmm. You know, as an America fan, I always want that clean sheet of a 3-0 victory. You know, whenever oh. someone rage quits in FIFA and 3-0 <laughs> <get> <laughs> yeah, Come on, man.
1: He's like, like, we may be losing, but we're not
2: losing like that.
3: <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Give me some credit. This is why uh, when I went on, uh, sorry to cut you off, but when the guys from the line then, we we were going to play with, I, I couldn't be on their show, but I watched their show, and they were just like literally trashing my Cruises team after coming into a game, coming into their game like 18 games undefeated Scoring, I don't know how many goals, and they, all of them were like, "Yeah, we're gonna thrash them like 4 one." When they b- could barely score any goals, but um, okay, <laughs> but no, go ahead, keep going.
2: Keep no, going. but <laughs> but no, as an America fan, I want to say three zero, but considering like how Crusaders are doing really well this season, along with that makeup, but wait, like, they have some defensive struggles. So I honestly, you know what? I'm gonna go with the draw. I feel this is gonna be a this gonna be a two-two draw. In all honesty, like how I really see this game, I'm gonna be realistic. I feel like we're coming out here with a draw, two-two. As much as I don't want a draw, it's like it's better than a loss. It's one point. It's better than zero.
1: All right, all right. Well then, uh, Dylan, what's your prediction?
0: I go one-one draw
1: a 1-1 draw. I mean that's yeah, a, a draw seems very rational at this point. Um now before I give my prediction, Oscar, what let's say in the craziest of worlds, America does end up winning 3-0, what happens? We do we replay this clip again and we just, you know. <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> I mean,
3: trust me, I if don't it think it does exactly happen, it's happen because we got like two red cards or a red card but <laughs> th- first of all, look at your track record. You guys it's hard getting clean sheets. How many Memo yeah. Show always received so many goals. Um, okay, now like I, I said, <laughs> not see that happening, but it it can't. Like I said, anything can happen too. But um, <laughs> I just I hope it doesn't knock on I'm knocking on wood right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I just I don't see that happen.
1: Come on, guys. No, trust me. We're kidding. We're kidding here. <laughs> we don't. We don't even expect that to happen. Um, <laughs> so hey, but you know what? Football's crazy like that football yeah, yeah. is crazy like that. Um I'm going to go with a very 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 tight game and I think that America just nicks it by just a little bit. I think it's another 1-0 victory. Um another game where we're going to suffer a lot. Um like that's why I said the defense has to be on par because they're going to have to throw their bodies on the line. There's going to be shots coming at them left, right and center. I, I, set pieces scare me to death. Like I feel like we we don't even know what to mark at the, at some point. So um I got a question for America you guys. Just... Actually,
3: you don't mind. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You guys, so, uh, Mahago, you guys are so worried about your. I know I mentioned it too. You guys are so worried about your uh, defense, but you guys have the best goal scoring record in the league, which we don't that, know right? how. We yeah, we don't but... know
1: how to be honest. Yeah, go... <laughs> we're we're just that shocked. Like like last season, didn't they tell us that we had the best defense, Dylan? And we were just like.
0: Yeah, we always, we always yeah, yeah, we always catch a defense lesson. Less. It's like it's I mean, like as the- long as you outscore your
3: opponent, opponent that's it's all good. That's that's literally what Man City did last season. Look at their look at their goal uh factor, goal factor, and goals against. They just that's why they some games they won like five 0 and then some games they will lose. I don't know how much too. They get a lot of goals, uh, goals conceded every time too. So as long as you outscore your opponent, I feel like that's all that matters at the end of the day.
1: No, it is. So, it, it, it is. So, I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but it, it it does strike me that we have the best uh, the best or one of the best offense in the league when I think we're sitting here the best criticizing. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, hopefully that plays a big factor on Sunday, but we'll, again, we'll have to wait and see. I'm going with that 1-0 victory. I think it's going to be difficult, but I think Dominica just edges it at the end. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I wouldn't be too opposed to a draw either, um, but Again, it's 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 gonna be hard to keep a clean sheet against you guys, especially against you guys. Um, I think you're definitely give us our money's worth. So, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, gentlemen, anything else to add on? No, you know, I'm pretty content here. Yeah. All righty then. Well, um, before we sign off, Oscar, we want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. is the second time you come on here, and uh, really, really happy to have you on. Really happy with everything that you're doing out there. I know that we may be rivals on the pitch, but off of it, um, we definitely salute to everything that you're doing, man. Just Congratulations and keep going man. We we're, we're loving it.
3: Uh no, thank you guys for coming. Yeah, thanks for highlighting that. Just um I hate the fact that in our in, at least in the Liga MX community, we're able to do that. You know, we could be rivals on the field, but off we we can like converse and like, you know, we can be cool off, you know what I mean? Which unfortunately, yeah. I don't think in Mexico that can that doesn't happen. At least from my experience when I head down there like uh um there's some issues, yeah, it's a but different you world. know it, Yeah, it's a different world down there, but I'm glad our community, the Mexican American community here uh, we're we're able to do that, but thanks guys for having me. And uh, yeah, you guys are always doing your thing. And uh, congrats on all the stuff you guys have been doing. Um, all the uh, I, not just with the men's, but with the feminine too.
1: Thank you, man. Thank, Thank you. you. It means a lot. We uh, we like to know that you know that you know other people can 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 like our stuff too, which I think that's that's the beautiful thing. Like you mentioned about this community, it's that you know you can take a little bit. Uh, the rivalry side of things and still appreciate what, you know, everyone else is doing. So thank you so much, man. Really. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone that's been watching and listening. Make sure you guys uh, go out and check out that YouTube video that we just did with Rigo talking about that Jersey swapping uh, Oscar. I don't know if we're going to have any Jersey swappings uh, going on after <laughs> our game, but if, uh, if we do, we are definitely going to have you back on. So we can talk about that. Uh, but uh, thank you again for coming on thank you to everyone watching this thank you to Christian uh, for missing the show trying to go find Bad Bunny thank you to AJ (laughs) and uh, Dylan so much that's Uh, hilarious by the way I can't believe you did that (laughs) (laughs) well it's a story we're going with (laughs) 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 <laughs> all right, then, man. Uh, all of you guys have a wonderful night. Stay safe out there. Please wear your mask. Uh, we'll be in touch uh, on Sunday. We we'll guys, be live tweeting and everything. Make sure you guys tune in on Thursday. We're going to be talking all things Lady Aguilas. And that pretty much wraps up everything that we have to do in regards to Las Águilas de América. You guys have yourself a wonderful night. Take care, and as always, adiós. América. Good night,
0: ladies and gentlemen. This was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast, the number one source for all things Club America in English.